Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Hey everybody, to everybody that's watching this on a Sunday, which I know is the vast majority of you, I just want to say happy Sunday. I have a group text with some of our newest team and every Sunday I just say happy Sunday everybody so it feels so good to say that in person today. I want to say a big thank you to everybody that's been tuning in online and want you to know that it makes such a difference when you do, when you tune in, when you lean in. There's just Something that we can feel collectively when hearts and minds are leaning into God's word on a Sunday. So in the chat right now, can you send out some encouragement and just say, man, I love my church. Maybe say a big thank you to pastors Justin and Jennifer because they are the absolute best. Want to give some serious honor. Man, Pastor Justin has just been crushing church online for the last year and a half here. And so I'm so thankful for that. And I know that God's done such a great work in my life. There, there, there's something that Uh, powerful that happens when we give thanks uh, for all God's doing through our pastors. So why don't you do that in the chat right now? Let's just blow it up. Let's make it go insane. I want to see emojis. I want to see thank you, Pastor Justin. Maybe even share a testimony of what God's done in your life. And uh, let's have a little bit of a praise party in the chat right now. Make sure you like and smash that subscribe button. (laughs) My kids watch YouTube and every YouTuber smash that subscribe button. So I'm going to ask you to do it today. But uh, uh, it's awesome. I'm excited to preach God's word today. We're in this summer road trip series, and we're talking about all these little road trips that Jesus had where he changed people's lives. And, I, and I'm really excited about the road trip that I'm going to talk about today. Let's just get right to the Bible. I'm going to read the scripture that we're going to study. We're going to pray, and then God is going to speak to us in a powerful way today. Can I get a big amen? Come on, one more amen in the chat. Okay, let's, let's read this scripture. It's Luke 18 verse 11, and wouldn't you look, my Bible's open to it right now, so I can just get started. Isn't that great? Uh, Luke 18 verse 11, Um, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, Have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Okay, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, this is powerful, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. I want to preach a message today. If you're taking notes, you can write down this title. And I know our amazing creative team is going to have this right at the bottom of the screen. So I'm going to to do this as I say it. It, it's, It's don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your miracle. It's going to be a powerful message today. Let's pray really quick. Just ask God to speak to us. Lord, would you speak to us today? God, we're leaning in and listening to your word. I just pray, Jesus, that your spirit would change lives as we lean into you. Help us to not miss our miracle today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, Have you ever been so preoccupied with something unimportant 
that you missed something really important? <laughs> have, you, have you ever been so focused on something that really didn't matter, but maybe it was frustrating or maybe it was overwhelming that in, in the middle of you focusing on this unimportant thing, you missed something that was massively important. This almost happened to me this summer. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had, we had a crazy heat wave. Do you remember that? Like it was the hottest day in recorded history in BC. It was insane and we were boiling hot. We were sweating and, uh, and I was renovating my house. And uh, as I was renovating, I mean, we, we didn't expect this heat wave to be there. So it was quite frustrating. We had all these plans. I, I mean, my wife is a planner. She is absolutely amazing. It was like every minute of our day, she had something that we ought to do. And if we were going to do all those different things, we would achieve our goal and we would have renovated our house because we were about to list it and put it on the market, which I'm really excited about. But, uh, but this heat wave kind of threw a stick in the spokes and all of the work that we had to do was just more sweaty. Um, we, we have an air conditioner that I bought a couple years ago. That it's just a little unit that we put in our room. And so all the kids had to kind of camp up in our room. And my son Judah and, and our dog was up there in our room. And we had to kind of tag team doing the work to stay cool. And it was super frustrating. We ended up landscaping my backyard. I'm telling you, I was digging holes. This, this guy, I, I've gotten a pastor body over COVID. You know what I'm saying? I put on the COVID-19, you know, so I was a little bit out of shape. And I'm digging holes in my backyard in 40 degree weather, sweating profusely, a little bit frustrated, splashing water on myself with a couple of friends. Want to give a shout out to Jay and Uncle Dennis for helping me out. And, and it was busy and it was crazy. And, and then that night, guess what happened? My dog starts coughing. Okay. Not a huge fan of dogs. My wife likes the dog. My kids like the dog. Not the biggest fan of the dog, but I'm just kind of growing on me a little bit. Maybe. Okay. My dog starts coughing. And Jenna has to go to the vet in the middle of the night. So from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. on the hottest day ever, when we're all crammed having a sleepover in mom and dad's room, the only room that has air conditioning, Jenna's at the vet and it turns out my dog got kennel cough. Now the next day was my 12 year anniversary. So Jenna and I were excited. My kids were gonna go over to my parents' house for a sleepover. We we're gonna finish our renovations. And then my dad ended up getting sick while my kids were there and, and the kids had to come home and we didn't have a romantic evening. We had another sleepover in mom and dad's room and it was hot and it was sweaty and we didn't get everything done. And let me tell you something, I was just frustrated. There was a lot going on. But in the middle of all that, there was a little miracle taking place. You see, my kids were with my mom and dad. My dad started getting sick and, and he, was, he was not feeling good at all. He was kind of curled up in a ball of pain. And it was a little bit traumatic for my younger kids, seeing my dad like that, their grandpa, not feeling well. And uh, I saw my son Jed, when he got home, go up to his brother Jacob and say, Jacob, thank you so much. Now, that was a miracle in itself because usually if Jed is going to be nice to Jacob, it has to be prompted with some serious parenting. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like Jed and Jacob tend to butt heads. They're true brothers. But this act of kindness from Jed was just so cute. And I thought in my mind, amidst the frustration, amidst all the busyness that was happening, I needed to stop and not miss the moment that was taking place. So I started to ask questions. And I found out that when Jed and June my two younger ones were afraid. They were crying because grandpa was sick. My son, Jacob, my oldest son, he rallied and he stood up with his shoulders back and he said, guys, come over here. And he put his arms around them and said, don't worry guys, 
Everything is gonna be okay. I'm here and we're gonna get through this. Okay, I don't know about you, but for a 10-year-old to rally and to hold his brother and sister in his arms and say everything's gonna be okay, there's very few times where you can be more proud than that as a dad. And if I let the busyness of everything that was going on overwhelm me, I would have missed a miracle in my family. And I was able to encourage my son. And Jacob, right now, I just wanna tell you, I'm proud of you. That is awesome what you did. That's exactly what dad would have done in that situation. Hey, have you ever been just so busy and crazy and frustrated that that around unimportant things that you miss something super important that was happening in your life. I just wanna stop and take a minute and say, man, this last season has been crazy. There's been a lot going on in the world. It's like we're leaning into the news and every day there's something new that's taking place and we're having to shift gears depending on what's going on on the news and what's going on in the world. And it's been really challenging. And, and I've had moments where I was so frustrated or I was so preoccupied with things that honestly are pretty unimportant compared to the call of God on my life that I've missed miracles that God is doing. And I don't wanna live like that anymore. And I don't want our church to live like that at all. We can't be so preoccupied with the unimportant that we miss the miracle that God is doing. I think this scripture in Luke 17 gives us an awesome roadmap to not missing the miracle that God's doing, the things that God's doing in your life, the call that God has for you. If we will understand what Jesus is trying to say here in Luke 17, I feel like it's going to be next to impossible to miss our miracle. So why don't we dive in today? I've got five points today on how not to miss your miracle. Okay, here's point number one. We need to recognize that God is on the move. If we don't want to miss our miracle, we've got to recognize that God is on the move. Let's go back to Luke 17, verse 11. The Bible says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. Now, now I just really quickly read over that verse, the first few read-throughs of this chapter, but then I realized how significant it was. Because if you look at the ministry of Jesus, if you're going to study the ministry of Jesus, you've got to recognize that the ministry of Jesus was marked by movement. I'm telling you, the second Jesus got baptized and called by the Holy Spirit to go into ministry in the scriptures, all you're going to see is him moving. He's moving. He's moving. He's going here. He's going there. Jesus is on the move. We serve a God whose ministry was marked by a road trip. And everywhere that Jesus went was impacted by his love, was impacted by his grace, was impacted by his healing. I want to remind you today that God is moving. I even wrote down all the different places Jesus moved in his ministry, in his short three-year ministry. And these are just the places the Bible records. I'm sure he was in so many other little places. And every place he goes, he's moving. He's going from house to house. He's preaching. He's, he's walking. And he's moving. Look, he went to Galilee and he did ministry. He went to Nazareth and he did ministry. He went to Capernaum. He went to Lake Gennesaret. He went to Capernaum. He went to Nain. He went to Lake Galilee. He went to Jeresa. He went to the Samaritan village. He went to Samaria. He went to Galilee. He went near Jericho. He went to Bethany, he went to Jerusalem, and he went to Emmaus. Jesus was always on the move. I just have talked to so many people as I've been pastoring people and having conversations over COVID, and they've asked me this question. This is a really common question we get as pastors. Where is God in this area of my life? 
You, you, you might say, where has God been the last two years? The world seems like it's going in a strange direction. Where is God in the middle of this mess? Where is God in the middle of the mess of my life? What on earth is he doing? I want to be candid with you right now that I actually don't know what God's doing in your life. <laughs> I'm just not smart enough to know that. I'm not anointed enough to know that. God has not downloaded a prophetic thought in my mind to help you right now on exactly what he's doing. And if I'm honest with you, he actually hasn't even done that in my own life. There are moments when I don't know what God is doing in my life. But but the way that we won't miss the miracle that he's doing is to continue to remind ourselves that even though we don't know what he's doing, we always know that God is moving. God is moving. We might not know what God is doing in our situation. We might not see what God is doing on planet earth right now, but as Christians, we can stand on the truth that we know God is moving. We know that Jesus is able to do something great even when the situation looks bleak and dire because we serve a God whose ministry is marked by movement. I wanna, I wanna challenge and encourage you today. Jesus is not stagnant. He's not standing still in your life, Jesus is on the move. So don't miss your miracle. God is still moving. Point number two. Hey, I love this point. This is so good. God is moving. But, but if you don't want to miss your miracle, you've also got to realize this, that without God, you're going nowhere. <laughs> hey, I just want to encourage you today. You're going nowhere without God. <laughs> Look at what the Bible says here. Luke 17, verse 11. The Bible says, um, Oh, sorry, I'm going to go to verse 12. It says, as he entered the village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance. 10 lepers were there. And guess what they were doing? Without God, their lives were going nowhere. You know, today we don't talk a ton about leprosy, but, but uh, the audience that would have read this um, in, in the early first century would, would have uh, really understood the devastation of this disease. And the fact that the lepers were standing at a distance would have made a lot of sense to them. See, see, leprosy, you think COVID-19 is bad, try leprosy <laughs> 2,000 years ago. I mean, this was a pandemic of terrible proportions. It was a terminal disease that was wildly contagious. And if you contracted leprosy, it was literally a death sentence. You would be sent to a leper colony to quarantine so that people could not come near you because of how deadly this disease was. And you would spend your last days away from people and in the Jewish culture, away from God because the worship of God surrounded the temple. You had to be going to the temple. You had to be making sacrifices in the temple. Temples, temples. So not only were you cut off from your family and your community, but it's a picture of people who are cut off from God. And even more than that, it's such, a, it's such a great picture for people who are hurting, broken, and far from God. It's the disease of numbness. And if you contracted leprosy, it wasn't that your skin would start to deteriorate, even though it would look like it, it was deteriorating. It was that your nerves stopped firing and that numbness started to, to, to take over your, your limbs and, and your body. And you wouldn't recognize, but while you slept, there would be rodents and there would be animals that would sometimes take bites out of you. You couldn't feel it and you would just, your body would rot away. I know it's nasty, but I'm telling you, this is a horrible disease. And so these lepers are, are going nowhere without God. They're stuck in this colony. And, and Jesus is moving 
Jesus is on a road trip. And, and for some reason, I love Jesus because he just loves to pass people who are hurting. He's passing by these hurting people who are going nowhere that are so in need of his grace and his love. I, I just want to say to you today, you might feel like you're going nowhere today, but Jesus is moving. He, he's, he's passing you right now. And he's so near to you, even in your brokenness. You, you see, sometimes I love to play, who am I in this scripture? And I think sometimes as Christians, because of pride, we so often get it wrong. Like we'll look at this scripture and be like, oh, I'm definitely Jesus in, in this story. I, I'm the one who's going to reach out and touch hurting people. That's who I am. But, but friends, I actually just don't think the intention of scripture is that you would put yourself in the place of Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes we think we're the apostles, that, that we're kind of the bystanders watching what Jesus is doing. And that's probably often true in our life. But I don't think that in this story, God intended for us to read it that way. I really believe that if we were to put ourselves in this scripture, we would be the lepers. We would be the ones that without God, we're not going anywhere, so desperate and in need of God. You might say, where's God in my life? Where is God? You know, friends, I want to remind you that God's moving, but so often what we do is we fill our lives with things that make us feel like we're moving. And instead of getting connected to God so that we might go on the journey with him, we have this false illusion of going somewhere because we've defined our lives and we've filled our lives with so much entertainment and so many things that are counter to what would help us actually connect with Jesus with so much busyness. We're so preoccupied with unimportant things that instead of being connected with God and moving with him, we actually have an illusion that we're moving, but we're actually standing still because without God, we're going nowhere. Friends, I don't care how successful you get in life. I, I, don't, I don't care how, what, what job you have or what your life looks like or how big your muscles are or how gorgeous you are. Without God, we are going nowhere fast. We need God to connect to us. And even though we might not look on the outside like these lepers, there's a spiritual condition that when we're disconnected from God, we just can't go where he's calling us to go. Man, I think it's crazy. A lot of people in the world that, that don't love Jesus often say, where was God when this tragedy happened? Where was God? And, and it's hard for me to, you know, not say, well, we've spent so much time getting God out of everything uh, that, that maybe he's just not as present as he should be in some of these things. And maybe that's happened in your life. Maybe you spent so much time focusing on something that's not glorifying to God that you're just a little bit further away from God. And, and friend, without God, we're just going nowhere. But I want to encourage you right now. Look what the Bible says in James 4, 8. It says this. It says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I, I love this so much. That, that, that Jesus is so merciful that even if we've left him out of our life, even if we said, God, I don't want anything to do with you. Even if we focused on something that's not glorifying to God for a long period of time and we find ourselves far from God, God is so faithful that he literally says, hey, all you have to do is take one step toward me and I'm going to take 10 steps towards you. God is so faithful that as we draw near to him, we can connect with him and we can stop going nowhere and we can start getting on this road trip with Jesus. Man, man let's stop resisting God and drawing near to the things of this world and instead let's resist the devil come on somebody can I get an amen today okay I know we're through a screen but I kind of feel like I'm preaching right now can we resist
is the devil and draw near to God. And, and his promise is that he will draw near to you. This is my encouragement for you. If you feel far from God, you are one step away from being close to God. Look what, look what happens next in the story. I love what the lepers do. This is exactly what we need to do because we're the lepers in this story. And, and, and let me tell you right now, this is what God wants you to do. Luke 17 uh, verses 12 to 13. It says, he entered the village. The 10 lepers stood at a distance. Watch this. But crying out, they said, master, have mercy on us. Listen, if you don't want to miss your miracle, here's what you got to do. You got to recognize God's on the move. You got to realize without God, you're going nowhere. But number three, so cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Man, man this is the most challenging piece of, uh, of this scripture that hit me personally as I read through this, I, as I prepared this message. I want my life to have a habit of crying out to God. I, I want the first thing I do when I face a problem is not to try and solve it in my own strength, but I need to cry out to the Lord because without God, I'm going nowhere. My life has no meaning and no purpose without God. The, the, the work of my hands doesn't even matter without his grace, power, and purpose. So I want to be in a place where I position my heart that no matter what happens in my life, whether it's a good day or a bad day, that I'm in a habit of crying out to the Lord. The people that received from Jesus in scripture were the people that cried out to Jesus in scripture. I mean, this is just a theme. You can see it all. If you read all four gospels, you'll see Jesus moving and, and he's just going, he's going, he's going. And he's not even focused on somebody, but they will cry out to him. And the moment they cry out, he turns his attention to them and he, and he loves them and he heals them. He, even when in the scripture where Jesus is walking on the water, the Bible says that he intended to pass the disciples and just walk to the other side. But what did the disciples do in their fear? They thought it was a ghost, but they cried out to the Lord and Jesus heard their cry and he turned to them. Hey, listen, Jesus has really good hearing. Come on, church. Je Jesus is hearing. It, my hearing's not great. I, I grew up uh, playing in a metal band, okay? My hearing is not so great, but the hearing of the Lord, he can hear a whisper. He can hear a whimper. He can hear when you cry out to him. You know, sometimes in my relationship with Jenna, we, we, we've just kind of, in June, we had our 12-year uh, wedding anniversary, and, and I, I'm learning, okay, guys? I'm growing, and I'm learning, and I'm getting better. Come on, Jenna, right now, she's saying, amen, amen, he's getting better. Lord, help him, you know? But, but I've thought so many times that Jenna should be able to read my mind. After all these years, shouldn't you be able to tell what my needs are? Shouldn't you be able to just know after all the interactions we've had and all the time that we spent together exactly what I want and exactly what I need when I want it and need it? And I have found as we've grown in marriage that if I don't tell Jenna what I need, she's not gonna know. <laughs> you gotta talk about it. I wanna speak to the men and the women in relationships right now. Friends, if you don't tell them exactly what you need with kindness, respect, and an open heart, they are not going to know. And I find it funny because I, I, I think sometimes I treat my relationship with God the same way. Because God's different than my wife. Jesus does know. Jesus knows what I need. He actually knows what I need more than I know I need it. He, 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 he's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He, he knows me and he has power to make a change. But, but, but watch, the scriptures are so clear that God has said, even though I know what you need, I have ordained prayer as the vehicle in which I will answer your cry. 
that even though God knows what you need, we still need to cry out to God because his sovereign will has said, it's through prayer that I'm gonna move in your life. It's through communication with me. I don't have a relationship with you where I'm just this genie in the sky that knows what you need and is gonna hand it to you whenever you need it. Of course God has grace. Of course God is a good father and he does supernatural amazing things in my life that I didn't even see coming. But when it comes into my heart that I have a need, when it comes into my heart that I know I need to connect with the Lord, I've gotta be obedient to cry out to God. Don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your miracle. Jesus is moving. He's walking by you and you're going nowhere without God. And what he wants you to do in this season is not just post on Twitter. I'm so upset about this. He doesn't just want you to add to your Instagram story. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Listen, Christians shouldn't be marked by just the things that we post. We should be marked by how we pray. I wonder how that would change your posts if you just prayed before you post. If our first response was just prayer first, connection with the Lord first, asking for his wisdom first, seeing if this would build the church, seeing if this would build the lives of people, and then moving on to acting on it. I wonder if prayer was our first response, how that would change our life and how that would change our church. The Bible wants us to cry out to the Lord. I don't want to miss my miracle. I want to trust God and cry out to him. And he's so faithful to answer because he's got really good hearing. Now here's where the story gets interesting because point number four is we have to trust the Lord. Because watch, when you cry out to God, this is so cool. This is what God's going to do. He's going to speak to you. (laughs) And he's going to speak to you something that lines up exactly with what his word says. I want to remind you, friend, Jesus will never speak something that doesn't line up with his word. Some people say, how do I know this is God? I'm like, does it look like the Bible? Do you have spiritual leadership in your life that can give you wisdom on if that lines up correctly with the word of God and the plan of God? Because if it does, that's God speaking to you, friend. And when we cry out to the Lord, right in line with his word by the power of his Holy Spirit, oftentimes through the pages of this book, God will begin to speak to you. And that's exactly what happened to the lepers. Luke 17, 14 says this. Jesus looked to them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And watch what the Bible says. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus said, go to the priests. You know, sometimes I take issue with Jesus here because wouldn't it have been nice if Jesus just went, you are healed and the leprosy like went away. It was like Thanos, but for leprosy. And they're just, and they're all praising God there. But no, 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 no. Jesus actually does something different. He speaks to them and and their obedience response to him actually has their miracle contained in it. As they went, they were cleansed. Uh, Many of you know me, many of you might not know me, but my youngest son Judah has special needs. he's, He's got cerebral palsy. He was only one pound when he was born. He spent six months in the hospital and it was a crazy season in our life. And I, when I preach, I love to tell stories about Judah because God's done so much through his life. And I, I'm just a bit of an evangelist. I just love bringing good news. And I want to tell you some good news about what's happened in my son over the few years because I think it would encourage you. Um, you know, we pray for Judah all the time. We, we pray for healing in Judah's body and especially my son, Jed. Any chance he gets, anytime he thinks about it, maybe we're 
at bedtime prayer. And I said, Jed, what do you want to pray about? He's like, we, we forgot Judah. We've got to pray for Judah. And he says, God, I just pray that Judah can run and that he can talk to me and that he can play games with me and that he's, he's a normal kid and he's all better. And it's just this sweet little prayer. And sometimes it's like totally politically incorrect, but I don't care because Jed has this sweet little heart and he loves his brother Judah and he's always praying for him and believing God for him. And when Judah was born, um, he got pneumonia when he was only two pounds and we had to give him some medication. And that medication damaged his cochlear nerve. And actually we found out months later that he was profoundly deaf and couldn't hear anything that we said. He, he could barely even hear at that time an aircraft carrier going over top of his head or a, or a jet plane going over his head. I mean, he was so, his hearing was so damaged. And so we just began to pray. And, uh, you know, we prayed all the time, just in random moments at dinner. We just bring, Jed would bring up Judah. We'd pray for his hearing, we'd pray for his body. Um, we'd pray at bedtime for Judah. And, uh, and uh, Judah would go to these hearing appointments and get his hearing tested. And he went to about 16, 17 appointments every single time. He had this hearing damage. They were trying to do different things to give him hearing aids and fix it. We were learning sign language. We had a teacher come over and teach us sign language. Then one day, Jenna went to an appointment and these appointments are frustrating. Judah has cerebral palsy. It's hard to hold him down. So Jen is kind of frustrated. It's taking a long time. And she sees the doctors frantically working in the other room and kind of looking at screens, looking panicked. And she thought, oh no, what's wrong now? And ends up going to talk to the doctor. And we find out, the doctor says, we don't know what happened, but Judah has perfect hearing and we can't explain why. It, it was just this crazy moment. A miracle had happened in my son. We had been praying for over a year and God, I don't know what happened. He, he just healed them. At some point along the way, watch this, as we went, we were cleansed. And it's a crazy, it's a crazy paradox because there are certain aspects of Judah's health that haven't been healed yet. There are other elements that I'm sure God healed before we even knew there were a problem. And then this was this miraculous thing where we have the doctors looking for 17 appointments and then all of a sudden we have this hearing miraculously improving. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened. I just know that it happened. And let me tell you something right now. I'm giving all the glory to God because my God is a healer and my God is awesome. And, and, and I want to challenge you with this today. Listen, uh, do I know how Judah got healed? Absolutely not. I don't know how. Do I know when Judah got healed? Nope. I, I have no idea when he got healed. And, and friend, if you don't want to miss your miracle, I, I just want to encourage you with this thought. Sometimes you're not going to know. Sometimes you are going to pray and not know what God is doing. Sometimes you're going to wait way longer than you think you should wait to receive what you need from God. Sometimes God heals, not in this life, but the next in heaven. But, but God is faithful. And, and I want you to remember this. It's not on you to know, but it is on you to go. It's not on you to know. If we don't want to miss our miracle in life, listen, if the lepers would have never gone to show themselves to the priest, they would have never received their miracle because our miracle is wrapped up in our obedience. And what's more important than receiving our miracle is being obedient to God. And I'm telling you right now, you might desire something in your heart. I just want to challenge you, just be obedient. Just trust God. It's not on you to know. It's on you to go. Keep moving forward. Make your priority not receiving something from God, but being obedient to God. 
I'm telling you, there's a power when we're obedient to God, when we just lean into him and God is present as we are obedient to him. You might say, Pastor, how, how, do, how can I be obedient to God right now in this season? Can I give you just three practical things that every single Christian in our church can do today to be obedient to God? One, just read your Bible, pray every day. If you want to see a miracle in your life, read your Bible, pray every day. If over COVID you've slipped up, maybe you used to have a great devotional life, you don't anymore, that's okay. Start, start tomorrow. Read your Bible, pray every day. It's not on you to know, it's on you to go. One of the greatest ways we can be obedient is to be faithful in our personal relationship with Jesus. Here's another one. Get crazy rooted in your church. Get crazy rooted in your church. Give generously and faithfully. Serve faithfully with, with a smile in your heart and in your life. There's no way you can get more. Sometimes we think our obedience is like way over there. No, no, no. Your obedience is right here. Jesus wants you to be planted. Jesus wants you to have a relationship with him. Let's just get obedient today. It's not on us to know. It's on us to go. Let's not miss our miracle. I got one more point today. Are you ready for it? Number five is Thank the Lord. See, if we don't want to miss our miracle, we, we've got to understand God's on the move, that we're going nowhere without God. So, so we need to cry out to the Lord. And when we cry out to him, we've got to trust him. And the final step that we see so beautifully put in this scripture is that we need to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Look what the Bible says, Luke 17, 15 to 19. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, oh, I love this so much, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Now, now, for those of us who grew up going to Sunday school, we knew that a Samaritan was not a Jew. They were hated by Jews. They were far from God. This man was further from God than the other nine who were most likely Jews that went back to the temple. The Samaritan had nowhere to go. He came back to Jesus and thanked him. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Man, man that, that line Jesus says there almost haunts my spirit in a good way. He says, where are the other nine? I really believe that's a word for you today. Where are the other nine? Are we gonna be people that just receive good things from God and then forget to go back to the source and say thank you? I just never wanna be that guy. I always wanna be someone that says, God, you gave this to me, this is all from you. I recognize that, that my life is a gift from you, God, and I'm gonna use it to serve you. I'm gonna use it to love you. You see, scholars believe that when Jesus said, your faith has made you well to this man, he wasn't simply speaking about the faith to be healed of leprosy, but in fact, he was speaking of saving faith. The, the man who came back to thank Jesus thought he was just getting healed from leprosy, but didn't yet realize he had met the creator of the universe that had power to save his soul. And this man was now in a relationship with Jesus. And it's possible that the other nine missed the real miracle because they forgot to come back and say, thank you to Jesus. See, you might say, Pastor, I'm struggling in my faith. I have a hard time having faith in God. I have a hard time having faith that everything's going to be okay. I'm full of fear right now. I, I want to encourage you right now. What looks like thanks to us looks like faith to God. See, this man that came back didn't even know he had faith. He just had gratitude. 
So armed with gratitude, he began to pour out his thanks to God. And when, God's, when he poured out his thanks, God saw his faith. And I want to remind you today that when you feel faithless, just put entitlement aside and start getting grateful. And watch as gratitude, what comes out of your life looking like gratitude, God sees as faith. And faith will begin to grow in your life. Listen, we're about to go back into a season where we're going to be meeting again in church. I'm so excited to see everybody. I'm going to give you hugs, okay? I'm going to give you high fives. It's going to be amazing, all right? And God's going to move in our midst. And I really believe God's going to do revival in our church, that people are going to get awakened to the love of Jesus in this city as we come together in unity as a church. And there are going to be challenges that we face. I don't even know what they're going to be. I don't know I don't know what God's doing. God's doing something great. But, but it's not on me to know. It's on me to go. And so we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep moving forward. And I want to challenge you in this season. Listen, the greatest weapon that that we can yield to fight the battles of the future that we're not going to know about is thanking God for the victories that he's won in the past. Because when we thank God for what he's done in our life, it builds our faith. And and Paul says, this is the fight we fight, the fight of faith. And as we thank God, it will grow our faith and we won't miss our miracle. I want to pray for you today, and uh, I don't know what spoke to you in this message. You know, it's this journey of Jesus ministering to these lepers that needed him so badly, and as they trusted him and thanked him, he did a great miracle in their midst. I don't know what miracles you're praying for, but God knows. I want to remind you he's moving in your life, that without him, you're going nowhere. So cry out to him, trust him. It's not on you to know, it's on you to go, and thank him, because what we see is thank you. God sees as faith. And I believe God that as you thank him for everything he's done, he's going to give you everything you need to grow in your relationship with him as you go on this road trip that God has for you next. Let me pray for you today. And first of all, I want to pray, man, if you've never received Jesus, maybe you're like that one Samaritan leper who really needed the love of God. Begin to thank Jesus right now. Say, Jesus, I'm a little ignorant to this. I don't even know everything in the Bible. Listen, you don't need to know the whole Bible to be saved. You just need to cry out to Jesus and watch as his spirit comes into your life and you begin to grow as you get connected to the church and and the Bible. But, But I really believe for somebody, this is your day, that you're just like that leper. You need to come back and say thank you to God. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church Podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.